This is the Counting on Her podcast, a broadcast of the Arizona chapter of Women in Insurance and Financial Services, the only financial services organization with programming for women by women. This episode is live from the 2022 WIFS National Conference. So we are live at the 2022 WIFS conference, and we have our podcast station here, the Counting on Her podcast. I am the host of today's episode, Amber Stitt, and I have a lovely guest that I've met through NAFA, and I'm going to let her talk a little bit about what she does for her business, as well as what she does for NAFA. So I'm going to pass the mic, let you introduce yourself and I'll let you take it from here. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you this afternoon. It is phenomenal. And just the atmosphere and environment to see so many powerful women gathered together to support the financial services and insurance industry. And so I am Winona Haver, and I am an advisor mm-hmm. with the Horace Mann Companies. And so we focus solely on the educational community and making sure that our educators are prepared for a successful and comfortable retirement and making sure they're making the best use of what they're offered by their school districts and their states for retirement purposes. Which is so interesting because this might be the third or fourth time I've seen you and I didn't even know about this because I see you as an advocate for NAFA as well. So how did, how did that, how did you get into NAFA? Was it before, I'm guessing after your practice was started, but how did that all start? So NAFA stands for the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. It's over 130 years old and is the oldest and largest advocacy organization for our industry. Okay. So that is why it aligns so well. I was a, I'm a four school, former school teacher. Okay. And so it made perfect sense that after I went into insurance and financial services industry, so I've been in the industry about 35 years now. And I noticed that there was a disconnect with our educators understanding money. So my role is to educate the educator. We're talking school teachers, administration? Everyone that works in the public schools. And so what we do is to make sure that they're making the best use of their financial services dollars. For example, if they're offered match money, which is free money from their school districts, we need to make sure they enroll in that 403B product, right? Because you're saying it's not automatic. So they know it's there, but they just maybe forget or just it's almost too difficult to log in and kind of get through the process. Correct. And the human resources departments are phenomenal. However, they cannot give that one-on-one help, consultation, and support that they need. Uh, Right now, the major focus is student loan public service loan forgiveness. So student loan forgiveness. Because if you think about it, so many, a majority of our educators have student loans. So that program is still going strong, even with the current administration and some of the changes? Right. And you're talking about the forgiveness that they're going to be given, right? However, there's a special waiver that came into effect due to COVID relief bill. Okay. And they only have until the end of October to apply for that special waiver. Okay. Which includes more of their loans towards forgiveness. Okay. And so I'm helping, we've helped and received 
over $8 million, seen $8 million, oh actually over now, almost $9 million of our educators receiving their loans forgiven. Wow. And how that connects yeah. is it frees up now that money to be put into their 403B retirement accounts because they don't have to make student loan payments okay. anymore. So that's why they're not signing up for that free money, but the 403B. Sure. So... How do you then balance between your work schedule and the NAFA advocacy? Is it something that you just know there's special events for NAFA at certain times of the year and then you do a lot of things virtually? Or, I mean, because I've seen you at your conferences. You're, I mean, so it's a little bit of both. Like, you're doing a lot. Any advice there? <laughs> advice. Here's my advice. <laughs> I am actually a founding member of the Women in Insurance and Financial Services chapter in Minnesota. Wow, okay. Because when I moved to Minnesota about 17 years ago, I realized that the women in our industry did not have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. I was already a member of NAFA, but realized there was a need to make sure that women's issues, things that were important to us, mm -hmm. and growing and advancing women in the industry to have successful careers, that was missing. That was a missing link. Yeah. So I am an advocate for women, especially to NAFA. Yep. And so our two associations are linked, and we are actually the advocacy arm for WIFS at the federal level. And that's what I want to talk about. That's a newer, I don't want to call it a leg. That's, that is a newer conversation, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. It is a newer conversation. And because of women like Darlene Flagg yeah. and Tony Gonzalez, we have been able to move forward and combine our forces to be an even more powerful and vocal voice at that federal level. So more is going to happen in 2023 with the advocacy roles is what it sounds like. Very much so. Really awesome. So there's a lot going on here. But I didn't know the history behind you. So I'm so happy that I'm actually getting to sit with you. And it's it's just so funny. I mean, that's what's so great about building the community that we have been because again, we're here, we're on a we're on a podcast together, but there's so much to your story, but yet we're still already friends from just seeing each other at different events that are important to us. So I think for me, I just want people to know that they can they can do quite a bit. They can do some things. Maybe they're building a practice or they have a younger family. You can still participate as much or as little. And then it might ebb and flow. Would you agree? I mean, that's... I totally agree. A lot of women, they don't understand that this is the perfect career fit. Yeah. And so I've been in the industry almost 35 years, actually a little longer now. And I know when I started, very, very few women, because they thought that they could not have their family life, their responsibilities at home, and have a very long, successful, and rewarding career. Mm -hmm. And so part of my role, I was a recruiter for many, many years to not just bring more women into the industry to join me, yep. but to also help recruit people of color. Okay. And my background, a lot of people look at me and they go, oh, I didn't know, but my father is actually an immigrant from China. Okay who came to this country as an orphan with just his older sister and his younger brother. And if oh not goodness. for the Americans liberating him from prison war camp and bringing him in through the port oh of Los Angeles, I would not be here. And so he was an educator in the Los Angeles so school district for over 40 years. And so was I. Okay. Correct. Originally from California. Wow. And so our role is to make sure there's access to education mm -hmm. because education 
is the differentiator for lifting women and people of color to a better socioeconomic conditions, right? right? We need to break that cycle. And again, education is that fundamental piece. And so as you know, at WIFS, one of our tenants is education Mm -hmm. so that we can advance the status of women. And that's the thing I think, again, like you mentioned a good point about women not realizing this industry is so good for them. You can really build some boundaries about your hours and clients respect the fact that you have a family, but the support within our group it's as long as you're, I mean, there's an expectation, but it's not like we all understand each other. We're here to support each other. So it's like, as long as we can build it any which way we want to, as long as we're on our team and within, we're just helping each other out. So, you know, I have a great story to tell about one of the advisors in our firm. And when COVID hit, of course, everyone is from home working, yeah. right? And we are all doing our virtual meetings. She has two young children, and she, it was very hard for her to explain to them that mom's at work, right? Oh. And so they'd be, you know, they'd come yeah. on, they'd be popping on the screen, even though she told them, you know, hey, mommy's at work, I can't, later, later, not right now. Right. But let me just tell you, what she realized, two things, and she actually did a article for WIFS talking about this, is... Yes, I can. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I can do this well. Like you said, that balance piece, right? Because she was really worried she was going to be stressed out at home with her two young children. Yeah. They needed their mother, right? Yep. But on the other hand, I have to tell you, when those children kind of (laughs) popped up, when little (laughs) Caleb kind of popped up on the screen, that just built the relationship of trust with the with the prospect or the client that, hey, you know what? She's real people. Yep. Those yep. things that you were talking about, about real life. Mm-hmm. And it, again, built the relationship, built the trust. They saw, hey, she's going through the same thing yep. that I am. And that's one thing I saw when I started over in 2018. I was uh, six months pregnant. Then I had my daughter. And it was like, you know, we're having these appointments and these meetings are set. And if I say, hey... I'm a, I have a newborn. Oh my gosh. No one would object to that. (laughs) And they would work around a schedule and it, and it was, it was fine. So, I mean, maybe this episode is about not only understanding there's some advocacy pieces you can pop into, but also really build it your way. And sometimes it takes a little bit of trial and error to get there. But I mean, I think it's really cool. I think even now present day, even for younger generations, it's important for me to let people know that you can really find your way in, in financial services your way. Where for me, I'm not super inclined, like an accounting mathematic brain. I'm great at transactions and product, and I was a paralegal before, so legal and contracts. I love insurance contracts. There's a place for me. So that's where I, w- but I hid from the industry for 10 years. This was, my family is all in, and a lot of them are in financial services. So it's like, you know, if you're unsure, you can always find a mentor or someone to talk to within our communities, both with WFS and NAFA. So I really appreciate the combination. Well, and that's also one of the initiatives for both NAFA and WIFS is finding the next generation yeah. of advisors. And so we have programs to bring in those students who, for example, I work with one of the colleges, one of the universities 
in Wisconsin. Okay. And Wisconsin, where do you live currently? I live in Minnesota, but I look out my window over at Wisconsin. So I work with one of the universities there, and I actually have two student WIFS and NAFA members. And it was so great because it's what you said about people don't go to school and go, hey, I want to be a financial planner. No, they don't do that. However, one of the gals that I'm working with, one of the ladies, she says, she's an accounting major, and she says to me, she goes, you know, I think I want to help other people reach their goals and dreams, and I want to be a financial planner. And I just about fell out of my chair, and I said, I said, okay, you're going to get connected to a mentor, somebody who can help you understand, okay, what do I need to focus on now as yep. a college student? How do I get an internship to learn the business? And then how do I launch a successful career? So that is the beauty of what our associations do. And I think it's important because the percentage, I mean, I hear all kinds of stats, but let's just say it could be in the 80s to 90s, the percentage of people's failure in the first early, the early years of their practice in this industry. But if you have a support system and some mentors, I think it is so much easier to get through it. Um, So if people were to find you, how could they connect with you if they have a question about maybe, is it only local? I mean, you're working on a national level with NAFA, so... Correct. I work at a national level, and you can find me on LinkedIn, so Winona Haver. Okay, perfect. So I think that's a great place to stop for today's episode, and uh, please look her up if you're, if you're looking for some advice, or any of us at WFS, we're always happy to answer any questions. So I really appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. The Counting on Her podcast is a service of WIFS Phoenix, attracting, developing, and advancing women in the financial services industry. For more information, please visit us at wifsphx.com. Thank you for listening.